This is an AMI podcast. This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI TV. Welcome back. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI. A topic that we keep circling back to is the rise in remote work. Obviously, it's something that really got catalyzed during the pandemic, but it existed well before any variants of COVID-19 were spreading. And now as things are easing up a teensy tiny bit, uh, sort of kind of a little bit, I'm never quite sure how to truly like reflect that hospitalizations are still hovering around 5,000 nationally. It's still a lot of people. That's like as many people as we had in the hospital during the Delta wave. But let's say return to normalcy-ish, however you want to define normal, does mean more companies and governments are asking people to get back to the office. So what does that mean for remote work? Well, let's bring in Lawrence Gunther to talk about that. Of course, we're talking about working remotely indoors, but Lawrence is the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther, which you can find on AMI-audio and available as a podcast. Hey, good morning, Lawrence. Hi, Dave. Lawrence, let's start with your experience on this. Are you one of these nomadic office workers? Well, you know, it started for me a long time ago, like almost 30 years ago, uh, my first job in uh, government and uh, I had this, still had this cabin in Cape Breton. So I said to my boss, you know, as we came to my first summer, I had three weeks paid vacation. I said, look, I got this large project. How about you let me take this with me and I'll do it uh, from my cabin. So I stretched three weeks into six, but it meant I had to work during my vacation a little bit, you know, here and there, make sure I got that project done. Then um, about five years ago, I started taking it, you know, working from home one day a week and then two days a week. And then I got a, you know, I started working from home permanently and um, I quite enjoy it. And more recently, Dave, I got a new travel trailer that has a bunkhouse in the back that can be easily converted into a sort of a remote office space. So... (laughs) I'm I'm mobile, my friend. Uh, Lawrence knows how to live. There's no doubt about it. How would you describe the efforts of some companies trying to ramp up the uh, return to office? A lot of it are a lot of the companies are pitching this as a creativity thing, and 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 rightfully so for companies that are depending on new products, new policies, new you know services, putting a bunch of people in a room and say, hey, think of something to you know address this. Think of a new pitch, a new way we can do business. It's not, you can't do that virtually as well as you can by putting people in a room. And uh, so there's that. But I think there's also a little bit of a fear of, of, you know, accountability. You know, who's working on what? Who's doing what? Are they actually working? And then there's just some employees who just want to get back to the office. They're tired of being home with screaming kids and uh, they want the kids to go back to daycare. They want to get back to the office. So there's that too. I'm 1000 times more productive in the office than I am at home. Home is where a lot of like fun distractions are. Also, you know, not everybody necessarily can live in a big house where they can sort of part portion off an office area. In my case, Mm. my remote work trickles right into my living room. So it makes for me, I actually find it makes my work life balance worse to try and work from home. So I actually like coming into the office. I like coming from the studio. I also think I can understand where a manager would come from 
the logistics of remote work are a lot more difficult. People still don't know how to unmute themselves on Zoom calls or Teams <laughs> calls. People are still really struggling with technology. I'm just at the point where I'm kind of, where I'm personally kind of done with it. <laughs> yeah, I think that going on for sure. But, you know, there's a lot of uh, pretty cool innovations now that uh, make it possible for you to work anywhere you want, right? I mean, things are happening uh, from a technological uh, capacity that have encouraged people to sort of uh, telework. And uh, people have taken advantage of COVID to just move away. Like they've given up their apartments, they've sold their condos, they've moved to their cottages, or they've even relocated to their home provinces. And uh, you've seen a lot of that happening. You know, people have moved out from the cities and, and spread out. So what are you going to do about that? Are employers going to, you know, they, they've got to wrestle with that one yeah. now too, right? Do, do you think that's sustainable? Do you think it's sustainable to even have like managers who are like provinces away from their employees, from their actual place of work? I've, I've managed teams that are spread across Canada and I have friends that do it. And uh, it's not, it's not impossible. I mean, Dave, I took over a team once. I had an employee in Baltimore. Her husband was working at John Hopkins University. She was relocated down there with him. It was a year before I actually met her. And when we actually met and shook hands, it was, you know, anticlimactic, right? We ready, you know, she hated me as a boss. And I thought, you know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, it, like, <laughs> you know, you already had the relationship established. You know, the actual meet, shaking a hand and it was just like, oh, yeah, well, okay. So now we actually meet, mm -hmm, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lawrence, you made the reference before to a lot of folks who've made something of a migration, right? They've sold their apartment yeah. or they've sold their condo and they've either moved to, let's call it a remoter community or a rural community. I know a lot of folks in the Toronto area have made the move to Prince Edward County or mm -hmm. elsewhere sort of in the eastern Ontario neck of the woods. We have some folks who moved to rural Nova Scotia who are part of our company. Like there are mm -hmm. folks who've made moves all over the place and you're someone who does enjoy the outdoors, what do you think the impact might actually be on some of these more rural and remote communities to get these influx of, let's call them city slickers, just for the sake of ticking some people off? Well, you know, it's been a problem for decades now that uh, young people who grew up or born and grew up in these small communities would leave those communities to go to uh, university education, college education in, in the city, right? And then they never came back. So they were they were hollowing out these small communities and, um, you know, was, they were becoming sort of very senior oriented people on pensions who can't afford tax property tax increases. And uh, so, you know, the 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 coffers of these small communities were, were shrinking as well. So infrastructure was going unrepaired. And, and that, that's that been going on for, like I said, 20, 30 years. What we see now is uh, people moving back. These houses and homes are, are cheaper, much cheaper th than living in the city. So you can sell your expensive place in the city and, and buy a, a very nice place in the country for way less money. So those properties have all doubled in value. You know, And if you think, ah, man, I, I don't have to go to work, but even if I had to go to work one day a week or one day every two weeks, I don't mind an hour and a half, two hour commute just once a week or once every two weeks. I can do that as long as you have high speed internet. That's the key. Mm -hmm. Of course, people with disabilities may not necessarily have that kind of mobility to make that one hour and 30 minute or two hour commute. I mean, I know, for example, yeah. I don't drive. You don't drive. Uh, no. You're lucky enough to have a driver in your life sometimes. This is the number one thing I've put on my online dating profile. Must must be willing to drive me around. Um, <laughs> but Lawrence, what do, you, what do you think the impact has been on people with disabilities, whether it be the benefit of remote work, but now maybe the push and pull coming back the other way? Yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, with disabilities, 
moved to the city first for medical rehabilitation services, and it's all there, right? And plus, you know, from an accessibility perspective, cities are a lot more accessible than small communities for various reasons. Like I said, they didn't have the money to put ramps in and elevators and things like that in their libraries and recreational centers. But I think, you know, for a lot of people with disabilities, they'd like to get back to, to uh, you know, living more with their families, going back, you know, to places and getting out of the cities, maybe. The thing is, is it going to become a policy for, for employers to say, look, you're, you're a person with disability, you can telework because you have a disability. And is that going to be seen as an excuse for uh, not to make workplaces fully accessible? I mean, we've been fighting for this for what, 30, oh, gosh, 40 years forever. now. Yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, is this going to be backsliding on the, on, on the, you know, on the, side of employers in terms of making those workplaces accessible, we all know there's still a lot of, you know, ground to make up there. Lawrence, I'm going off script on this last question. What do you think employers could do to actually entice employees back? Sort of the carrot as opposed to the stick. Well, a lot of them are doing it with policies. They're saying, look, if you... Uh, if I, I, you... <laughs> I don't know if that counts. I don't know if that counts as a carrot. Uh, no, making HR stick. policy may not be a carrot. Sticks like there's a lot of through sticks. You know, you, if you move away, we're going to cut your pay because you don't need as much money to live in a small town as you do in the city. We we see examples of that. We're not going to pay for you to come to the city to come to work for meetings. You're going to have to do that on your own. So there's no uh, travel payments. You know, there's a lot of incentives not to move far away by employers. They're doing that for sure. But it, from an incentive perspective, I think I think. You know, there's a handful of employees who like to work from home. And the cost-wise to downgrade and get rid of office space, you know, that's a heavy cost, right? That's an infrastructure cost that you don't really need. And then you look at Office 2.0, where no one really has a designated space with their plaque, name plaque on the petition yeah, or the yeah. door anyways. You take those away and you just have a space with a desk. You plop your laptop down. You got your 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 cell phone. You know, all you need is a place to plug in. So, you know, that's the way offices are shaping up anyways. So you can really get away with a much smaller office footprint. And I think that's an attractive thing for a lot of employees uh, or employers and employees. You know, you come and go as, as need be. Just make yourself available as need be. But face it, there's always going to be people you want to hire that live in, in other provinces or even other parts of the world. Why can't you hire them? You know, if they have the skills you need, you, you can, you know, that's the person you want. And if they don't want to move to Ottawa or whatever city, that's, you can make it happen. You know, Starlink is, is, is almost being fully implemented, Dave. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. that's like, that's like 5G uh, internet connectivity, right? Uh, anywhere you want with a satellite dish at a reasonable cost. And now they're actually getting into cellular communications as well. So, yeah. No, it's 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 just around the corner. I was talking. So are, so are flying cars. I was talking to my <laughs> aunt on the weekend who lives on the coast of Prince Edward Prince Edward Island, and one of her neighbors has got the Starlink. And let's just say the community is starting to bubble a teensy bit about the idea of some uh, faster internet in their uh, dial-up paradise, so to speak. Oh, so yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> but, fast. But Lawrence, I got two words for you to get employees to come back: free food. Just uh, hook, us, hook us up with some free food and we'll be much more happy to, uh, to indulge on the daily. Uh, Lawrence, we got to get out of here, buddy. But tell me right. what's coming up on the next edition of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. We paid a visit to the largest antique boat museum in North America. Oh, that is These up are your alley. Classic. 
Yeah, right on the St. Lawrence River. Beautiful old boats, 100-year-old boats, all mahogany strip, you know, good old rainforest wood. <laughs> but, you know, this is the way that the, the 1% used to play 100, 100 years ago, right? They they had these gorgeous boats, and they're just, and this museum is, is taking care of all these old beauties. Oh, my gosh, Lawrence, you get to live your dream every single day. <laughs> Lawrence, all the best to you, my friend. Have yourself an excellent day. We'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Thanks, Dave. Have yourself a good one as well. That's Lawrence Gunther. He's the host of Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther. You can find that podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Join me every couple weeks for the Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther podcast, where we learn about outdoor tech and tips. Plus, we look at news affecting the environment. AMI's Outdoors with Lawrence Gunther is available from your favorite podcast provider.